Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of John Wick, good dog. And Mitch. I am the Bowery King! I think who it is should be self-explanatory, but it's the Bowery King played by Lawrence Fishburne. Thank you. I didn't even have to ask. Um, Hopefully someone else will get that line in John Wick 4, though. Someone else has to fight. They, they claim that they're the Bowery <laughs> King, and then they just get in a fight about it. Ian McShane has to... Yeah. I would pay good money to see that guy scream that he's the Bowery King. He doesn't, no, he doesn't Bowery seem like King. much of a Bowery King. He's too. That's uh, why I want to hear him say it. That's right. He just he has it. His mind is deluded, and he just yeah. wants to do it. Come on, Lawrence Fishburne. You always get to be the Bowery King. It's yeah, my everybody, turn to be the Bowery everybody King. remembers the Matrix trilogy where he played the Bowery King. He's fallen it's real far from the Continental. Now we sip in Fantas on a pile of garbage. <laughs> that Fanta. Oh my gosh. My favorite Lawrence Fishburne role is Apocalypse Now, where he played the Bowery King. <laughs> yeah, the, like the seventeen-year-old Bowery King on a <laughs> on a boat like on, the a- Mekong, on the Mekong Delta. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I like I like Nightmare on Elm Street Three Dream Warriors where he plays the Bowery King. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that that movie really needed some Bowery in it. Well, he was I really feel like good. Freddy as... Krueger is kind of the Bowery King of slashers. I would love to see him reprise his role in another Matrix movie as the Bowery King. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they had Yaya Abdul Mateen too play the Bowery King this time. <laughs> It's a role. Only one man can do it. I'm all for this, like, recasting stuff. John, John, uh, James Bond. I don't think he goes by John all that often. James Bond. Bond. James Bond could be anyone. We can recast Freddy Krueger. That's fine. But there really is only one Bowery can try as they might. You hear that, Ian McShane? It's a tale as old as time. They've been trying to recast the Bowery King since, like, uh, since that movie where that train comes toward the screen. What's with you and the train going to the screen? I feel like I did that joke last gets week. referenced like every second episode. <laughs> Usually in a disparaging fashion towards me, I'd like to add. <laughs> then why draw attention to the fact that I haven't done that yet? Because I know it's going to happen anyway. It's like a train <laughs> moving towards its target. It can't this week because like I've already movie. said it once. It's just like that movie. Yeah, okay. Um, It's just like that rocket going to the moon or whatever. Anyway, um... So, uh, John Wick 3 is not technically what this movie is called. We're going to call it that, but for the sake of being proper, this movie is called John Wick colon chapter 3 dash Parabellum. That is the name of this movie. Parabellum! Um, Parabellum was always my least favorite part of math. You've got a lot of mileage out of that joke this week, haven't you? And last People week, too. People don't listen to all the episodes in a row. You gotta let no. me make a joke more than once. No, I don't, mean on, I don't mean on the episodes. I mean, like, Letterboxd, I saw it. I saw oh, it again I in the wait, Facebook I, wait, messages. Yeah, wait, go did look. I make that joke on Letterboxd? Absolutely, you did. No, did I, actually? Oh, my God, I did. And we were joking Read about it, Corey. All the people. Yeah. I uh, I said I was never great at math, but I do know what a parabellum is. Brilliant. Lady Parabellum? <laughs> Everybody's favorite renamed band. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they shortened it to Lady P. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would have been a better name than what they changed it to. But Certainly be better than the original. 
So, um, this is John Wick 3, uh, notably chosen by Liam. Uh, Liam, you hmm. are notably not um, an action film oriented movie goer. So, I have to ask you the all important question why did you pick this movie? Well, one is because I didn't want to just pick another horror movie. So, that meant that um, any movie I picked might seem a bit out of the ordinary i mean we know that i like drama movies and like coming of age stuff but yeah action i've said on the podcast not really my thing but i have always really liked this franchise since it started i remember um when the first one came out in like 2014 it was getting posted all over 4chan and so i was seeing the poster everywhere and i thought it it was like everyone was touting it as keanu reeves's comeback um I didn't really know he had gone anywhere, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, so I saw the, the first one shortly after, and I liked it a whole lot. And so I saw the second one in theaters, and I liked that one even more. And the ending of the second one got me so excited for whatever the third one would be. And I didn't catch the third one in theaters. I, I was going to say because of COVID, but it actually came out before COVID, which is just wild. So I think I just didn't get to it. But since it came out, I've... I've been meaning to see this third one um, since then. So I just like this franchise. And also um, in watching this movie, I, w- I won't say, you know, how I felt in general, but um, it's rem- I think it's reminded me, it's clarified for me that I'm much more against uh, big, uh, like, explosion-y blockbuster cgi action like with the sci-fi and fantasy leanings than i am something like the raid or um the original speed i'm okay with those but when we get into i can't help but notice you ignored speed too yeah no not not like speed (laughs) too but i do like the original speed and i think i said that on that episode and i also like keanu reeves so uh that helps but yeah i think action movies you know we've done some action movies on this pod where i've had to say the action stuff is is kind of where the movies lost me because that's been stuff like uh the shin godzilla power rangers um some of the skyline movies where like at the end it's just a whole lot of cgi uh monsters or robots or creatures or whatever going at each other and an action movie in that sense i'm not that into but like the fight, the the on the ground fight scene in Beyond Skyline, right, where they were just like one on one, that was sick. I like that. So, and I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, so I'm not totally just against choreographed action. So, uh, um, I was excited to watch this, and that's really it. I just wanted to watch the movie. Fair enough. Sometimes all the reason you need is because I wanted to. Um. It's cool to hear you sort of get into like the layers to which um like action can be effective and functional for you and where they can't uh because I think you're probably in a boat with a lot of other people um in terms of like cuz I think that there's sort of a degree to which um movies more in the vein of like how the John Wick action movies are done by which I'd also sort of describe like um, like you said, like the raid or, you know, stuff like that, where it's like it's more a, it's like a martial arts movie first. Right. And then a few other things second. Well, it's um, so many other things. But uh, no, no, no. And I'm not describing this in particular yeah. narrowly. The, I just the, the mean type it, of action. Yeah. 
like yeah but there's an appeal to that like i feel like there is nuance in like being able to appreciate action movies in the way that like some people don't like slasher movies but then other people do but you can still both like horror movies i feel like that's sort of like the distinction level that we're at um well what about you guys and this movie when i when i suggested it what what comes to mind and what's your experience with these movies well i have my dearest elizabeth <laughs> my dearest what we're the stuff <laughs> um so my experience with this movie is is or this sort of this franchise is limited i saw the first one years ago um and i remember liking it and i was sort of more into action movies back then when i saw it than i am now i still love action movies but i was like really into like a lot of stuff um back then i loved i loved like the westerns of sam peckinpah and i liked like the the john woo um sort of movies and when i when i saw this it was kind of like a um a a blending of like all those genres that i loved when i saw that i saw the first one and I remember really liking it, but I never got around to seeing the second one. So that is a critical gap in my John Wick knowledge. And oh, then, he, like even now, hey? I still haven't. No, I haven't okay. seen it. Um, I'd like to go back and watch it, though. Uh, and then I saw this one just on a, on a whim. It was like one of the, the I guess I had been only in, living in Hanoi for like a few weeks. And it was like raining pretty heavily. And like, I just like went to go and see it with like a friend and uh we both really liked it um and then i'm revisiting it again now and but it's a a a franchise i'd like to to definitely like see through entirely and when there's a fourth one i'll 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 be seeing it for sure um i i've seen all of them i saw two and three in theaters i believe um i mean uh i don't have like a huge attachment to them or anything but i've seen them all uh i actually recently watched the first one a second time uh while hanging out with my dad there wasn't any particular reason as to why um but uh i have not seen the second one twice but i've now seen this one twice um it's about it did you go to the theater to see them with your dad uh probably I'm just I'm just wondering because if you don't have a huge attachment, but it's just interesting that you've seen these last two in theaters. So I'm wondering, like, what brought you out to them? We just go to movies. And he likes action movies. It's just kind of like it's it's going to the movies for the sake of going. Right. Um, it doesn't really matter one way or the other. That's so cool. like, that's I, what I, I mean. That's times, what I mean. Man. Just to say, like, like I wasn't necessarily going because I was like dying specifically for that thing um that it said quality it's, it's, time it's not yeah but that's not to say i didn't like them i do like the first two movies i'll, I'll admit i i hardly remember the second one like what it was actually about but uh i know i like the first one as i saw it again recently um so i was curious to go back to this one um but i'm not like deeply attached to these movies the way i know some people were fairly quickly um mm-hmm. that's about it uh i guess i'll just do the uh cast and crew stuff i guess go for it see okay really quick i've looked up john wick 2 apparently lawrence fishburne is in that one could have fooled me. king 
didn't know that just kind of assumed he showed up here um so i've it's as if john wick 2 has completely left my brain for me um that's sort of like the first one because i would have seen the first one about seven years ago now and uh, i haven't gone back and watched it so i remember that like willem dafoe is in it and i I remember the opening with the with the with the dog and everything at the house um Mm. But the second one lives in my brain much stronger. There's some there's some set pieces in that one just that blew my mind. And also, I should mention that I actually wrote um, the audio description for John Wick Chapter Two. Oh, that's cool. Um, I had seen the movie. I saw it in theaters, like I said. But then I and I did the audio description. So that would have been about two or three years ago. And that is uh, second only to it Chapter Two in how much time it took me to write the description track because the less dialogue that's in a movie and and the more action that's in a movie the more labor intensive it is because uh the descriptions are sent like long sentences and just one after the other because there's no dialogue to wait for to break it up so some of these really long action scenes of like john wick fighting someone in a uh uh, a house of mirrors i just feel like i i had to watch that for just like hours at a time and live in it with every detail and so john wick chapter two really stuck with me um but even besides the audio description i remember seeing it in the theater and it has this cliffhanger ending where uh you realize that john wick is pretty pooched and uh, a lot of people are going to be coming for him and when it ended i thought man i need to see that third one right now like i i wished that it had just started playing immediately. I would have sat there for another two and a half hours. So this is a, this is a good, um, this is some closure for me, boys. I'm excited to, to talk about this one. I'm excited to have seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about like the, like this, the style of this movie and, and like where all those, a lot of those things come from, because it's a movie that wears its influences on its sleeves, kind of like the Russian gangsters in this movie with their tattoos, right? Like, the 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 traces of like what goes into this movie and like um i guess like the almost like the alchemical composition is is like so everywhere it's it's amazing um like it's it's just a love a love letter to to movies in a lot of ways so i can't wait to get into that let's do it let's not wait any longer well we're gonna wait slightly longer son of a bitch um we're gonna talk about the people that made it um yeah we are Directed by Chad, I uh, should have looked up how to say your last name, Stileski. Um, he's mostly a stunt guy. In particular, he's been a longtime uh, stunt person and coordinator and all that jazz for the Wachowskis. He worked on a bunch of the Matrix movies. Um, and also, he did some work on 300, Bloodsport 3, which is a candidate for this show, Tron Legacy, which we've already seen, <laughs> Ghosts of Mars. Uh, wild wild west so he was primarily a stunt guy and then just sort of like transitioned into the directing role he also did uh he filled in for brandon lee on the crow oh um, yeah yeah that, yeah, that that's was, gotta that was be, his first role that's gonna be a weird first role to have for sure yeah i uh you know he like he was his stunt double before brandon lee died on that set so so i'm sure he knew the guy and, and i've seen a couple documentaries on it and it sounded like they they all worked really hard to respect brandon lee and what they were doing with that movie but yeah that would have been that really would have been something to have to fill in for them 
you know, in the shadows and actually yeah, make so it to, seem like you're the dude. Yeah, to stand in after like such a tragedy happens. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very interesting career. Yeah. Um, this movie has four writers, which genuinely blows my fucking mind. Um, there's uh, Derek Kolstad, who wrote the first two movies, and he also wrote the movie Nobody, which is like, what if Bob Odenkirk was Action Man? Yeah, I want um, to see too. that. Yeah, yeah I want to see that. Yeah. Shout out to that movie for having Daniel Bernhardt of Mortal Kombat Conquest and Skylines fame in it. There you go. There's got to be some Mortal Kombat action in this movie, right? There's one, and it's it's the most like adjacent it could possibly get while still being Mortal Kombat. Mm, okay. Um. Uh, Shay Hatton also wrote this movie um you know uh army of the dead that like netflix movie i think that's about a zombie apocalypse heist i think yes, that's what that yeah, movie's by, about uh zach snyder wrote that uh that movie already has some kind of sequel or spinoff or prequel or something uh he also wrote that <laughs> and then there's a bunch of stuff in like various level of production that aren't out yet um and then uh, Chris Collins and Mark Abrams did a run at the movie together as well. Chris Collins wrote uh, for the gritty reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and also The Sons of Anarchy and The Wire. And Mark Abrams uh, did some work on Entourage. Um, this movie is edited by Evan Schiff, who also edited the Bob Odenkirk Action Man movie and Birds of Prey. Uh, the cinematography is by Dan Laustsen. Um, who shot? Who has shot several movies of Guillermo del Toro's, um, including uh, Crimson Peak, The Shape of Water, Nightmare Alley, uh, also uh, John Wick Two, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Nightmare Alley is definitely a podcast contender. Yeah, no shit, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen it, Mitch? I haven't seen the new one, but I I love the the Tyrone Power film from the forties. Of course cool. you do. It's a it's a wonderful movie. I saw it for the first time on a plane, and it blew me away. That's I'm not you know saying it's, it's bad. I'm just saying like it's it's from the '40s, and you're Mitch Kudrowski. Yeah, fair enough. At least there's no like disparaging remark about a train or something. Well, <laughs> I was working on it in my head, but I don't work as fast <laughs> as Corey. Train roan power. I don't know. Um, and yeah. the music. There's two composers. We've got Joel J. Richard, who worked on the first two John Wick movies. And also Tyler Bates, uh, who actually has a movie you can go see in theaters right now that has his music in it. Uh, X, the new Ty West movie. Yeah, he's he's one of those composers who I take note of just because I see his name so many times. I think I I first noticed Halloween him because... Two. Right, yeah, he does a lot of horror. He did an album with Marilyn Manson like uh, 10 years ago or something. So when I that wasn't the name. worst decision you could possibly make. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's how i noticed his name but then from then on it's one of those things where after i notice his name once i just see him doing so many movies so so there you go yeah um so a lot of a lot of actors in this movie a lot of known actors in this movie so i do not have credits written down for everybody or would be here for a hundred years um keanu reeves who we've talked about multiple times i believe knock 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 knock. I had to be the first one. Dracula. Speed two. Dracula. Dracula. Not speed two, bro. Speed two. He's in that. He's the. He's boat. in speed. Speed as well. 
<laughs> he plays the boat. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so Dracula and uh, the other one, knock knock. What else? Anything else? Yeah, well, let's let's play a game. The first one to to not be able to think of a Keanu Reeves movie loses. We go around that we circle. did though. Like that's what well, I, mean. I haven't said yet. Uh, uh, the neon, the neon demon. I'm saying that we did on the show. We're not just naming. Keanu. We did yeah, on the show. I was no, trying to think if there was any more from the show. No, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying override that. This is a Keanu Reeves a thon now. Oh, Your okay. He was a Wait, neon what? demon. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah, plays he the is. CD oh, motel owner with the mountain oh. lion scene, which is like incredible. I gotta oh, watch what's that, that movie. What's that fucking rotoscoped movie? Is that enough of an answer? That's a great answer if you can figure it out. Yeah, I don't it would be a great answer if you know the title. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know what it's called though. Um, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, you're you're out. You're Point break. Right. I'm gonna say that instead. Oh, that was mine. <laughs> Scanner darkly. I'm gonna scoop Corey. Uh, the Matrix. Re- the Matrix Reloaded. The Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> uh, the Matrix Resurrections. Um. I don't like being put on the spot, apparently. Um, shit. What's that Winona Ryder rom-com we did where they got legally married? Mm, yeah, that looked cool. If only I could remember the title. Shut up. Ah, <laughs> uh, what is that movie called? I don't know. Okay, The Devil's Advocate. Wait, you can't you can't just skip me. I have to no, give yeah. an answer, don't I? Well, also, also did you I guess... Google that? Nobody knows what that is. That's with that's with um. What's oh this wait, 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 we did do it. We did do another fucking podcast movie. Bill Fuck you guys. Face the music. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I was just letting you take your turn, Corey. But then when you wait, got wait, too wait, excited, wait, wait. we did another one. We did you. another one. We did another one. Yeah. Toy Story Four. <laughs> nice. All right, I'll go hard. He's in that too. Hard. What's hardball? Uh, it's a movie where he he coaches like uh, an inner city hardball team. Uh, it's a drama. A kid dies in it. It broke my little heart back in the day. Okay, Mitch, go again. Again? Yeah, we're still going. Again? Wait, you run uh, out? I just thought of one, so oh, I have Christ. to, I have to that, be able to go what's now. What's that disaster movie? Um. <laughs> oh God, Kathy Bates is in it. Uh, Misery. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can I say mine? Because <laughs> yeah, I finally it. thought of one. I can't believe I didn't think of this. It's a, My it's own a, private Idaho. It's a TMAO contender. Um, the day the earth stood still. All right, nice. I'll do River's Edge. River's Edge? Oh, yeah. That's that's a Mean Creek adjacent movie, bro. You got to see that one. Chris um, Glover. Johnny Mnemonic. I've never heard of that. It's like a cyberpunk book movie. Yeah, you, ma- you made that up, Corey. No, Johnny Mnemonic's totally real. He's in it with uh, Beat Takeshi's in it. Johnny Mnemonic, he's uh, uh, my friend. Uh, I know him. Uh, <laughs> my yeah. friend from Canada. You wouldn't know him. He goes fucking to another. He guys, goes to another school. Are you guys fucking kidding me? Like <laughs> William Gibson wrote Johnny Mnemonic. What are you talking about? All of these are made up names. Let's just keep going with the pod. Oh, yeah, I, I'm good. also like I also don't know anymore. So. We did. We're good with our. The movie I was thinking of that I couldn't remember the name of, where he gets legally married to Winona Ryder, is Destination Wedding. I've never heard of it. Yeah, you made that up. 
okay. <laughs> this is getting needlessly confrontational. I am. How do you Just like, like you made like that movie bitch. about the train. <laughs> no way could they actually film a train. Remember okay, so the train. That's my favorite movie about football. Um, that was my favorite rally cry for the Spanish-American War. <laughs> Remember the train. <laughs> is, that, so, is that what that movie's called? Destination that was my favorite train line from, platform. That was my favorite line from Horror Express. <laughs> <laughs> um, Halle Berry. Uh, All right, Halle Berry trivia. Let's go. Catwoman. <laughs> Gothica. The Flintstones. X-Men. She's in the Flintstones? I didn't yeah, that. she's Kyle uh, McLaughlin's like, wife or something. What's oh, that okay. movie where she gets locked in the trunk of a car? Catwoman. Oh, no, dude, that's... Uh, that's that, uh, oh, no, no, she plays the she call. Plays the, yeah, she plays she's the not call. in... Yeah, 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 yeah. Abigail Breslin is in the trunk. Right. She's the 911 operator. That's a What's good that movie. What's that movie? It's called the call. He's he's told you three times. Uh, She does another one called Kidnap, where her daughter is kidnapped. Um, I'm I'm down for that stuff. Uh, X Men Three. Mitch, I'm not playing. Cloud Atlas. Oh, actually, Cloud Atlas goes hard. A lot of people hate it. Well, why did you? Why did you say it? I'm a big fan. I'm. Mitch, you tapped out oh, at the right oh, time. Oh, 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 New Year's Eve. Oh, <laughs> Corey, at this point, you're just, you're just compensating for not knowing any Keanu Reeves movies. No, this is just <laughs> stuff that we've done on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have to bow out anyway. I don't even know if X-Men 3 exists. I just it does that one. It's yeah, it's called X-Men The Last Stand. Do we know that Halle Berry's in it? Yes, she is. She plays Storm. <laughs> oh, OK, cool. Uh, Ian McShane is Winston, the last um, of Sheila, the last of Sheila. <laughs> uh, also, Kung Fu Panda, most famously. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne as the Bowery King. Thank you. Uh, we already said we already said all his roles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we already said all his roles. Um, Liam, you were asking about Mortal Kombat connections, right? Yeah, I figure it's got to be this dude. He looks like he'd be in Mortal Kombat. Mark Dacascos plays Zero. Um, right. He is in the Mortal Kombat Legacy web series as Kung Lao. Hmm. Directed by Kevin Tancheroan, who uh, went on to do some episodes of The Mandalorian. Cool. Also, he's in the video game Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. And uh, he's in the movie adaptation of the game Double Dragon. Uh Asia Kate Dillon uh, is the adjudicator. They are on Billions and Orange is the New Black. And also, apparently, their character on Billions was the first non-binary character ever on American television, which feels fucking crazy. That's a pretty new show, right? Yeah, that show came out in like 2015 or something. Huh. Uh, And then we got Lance Reddick and... uh, Tobias Seagal and Angelica Houston. Shout out to Angelica Houston. Um, Angelica Houston trivia. Let's go. Adam's family. Adam's family too. That's not what it's called. <laughs> um, Adam's family values. There, there you go. Okay, Mitch. Angelica Houston, go. I thought if I got away with it with X-Men 3, you'd let it slide here. No. <laughs> 
Mitch is over there frantically Googling how to spell Angelica Houston. <laughs> Fine, I'll go. The witches. Oh, sorry, I just turned off my mic. I said daddy daycare. Okay, the witches. Also, Dang, Mitch. Good also, the French, the French dispatch. I saw that recently. We didn't ask for two. Well, let's just, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I, I didn't even know who we were talking about, to be honest. Now I've looked up her picture. Uh, You've also you probably looked look up her, her filmography too while you're at it. No, 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 I won't. I swear, I swear. Uh, she in, she looks like she'd be in like a Harry Potter movie, though she's American. What? So what are I you guess basing not. that on? I just feel like I I've seen all the Harry Potter movies. I feel like she was in one of them, but I guess not. Her dad made great movies. The funniest answer anybody could possibly give for what it's worth is Captain EO. You made that up. No, do you know? Do you know what Captain EO is? If not, I cannot wait to tell you what Captain EO is. Oh, oh no, I don't know. Captain EO is a 3D sci-fi movie made by Francis Ford Coppola for Walt Disney World, starring Michael Jackson and a bunch of puppets. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I guess it's not at Disney World anymore, hey? Uh, it was for longer than you might expect. Shoot, I missed out. Um, uh, I've seen it because it's on YouTube, uh, and it's fucking wild. Um, shout out to Captain EO. It's a pretty cool thing to watch. Dang, and she really was in Adam's family, hey? I had no idea this was yeah, that person. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. What do you mean? Anyway, okay. Yeah, this is going to take 100 years if we do this for everybody. Um, Saeed Tagmawi, that's probably wrong, and I'm sorry, plays the Elder. Uh, Jerome Flynn is Barada. People might have seen him on Game of Thrones. Um, Randall Duck Kim is the Doctor. He's also in Kung Fu Panda, which felt worth noting because Ian McShane was there. Also, uh, he's in the Thid Red Line, apparently, which is pretty cool. Um and Dragon Ball Evolution, which is a really bad movie. Uh, Margaret Daly is uh, an operator. Robin Lord Taylor is administrator. Susan Blomert is librarian. She's in Pet Cemetery, apparently, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also Inside Lewin Davis, which is pretty cool. Uh, Jason Manzukis is the TikTok man, not to be confused with the app. Um. Sisep Arif Rahman is Shinobi number one, who was one of Mark Dacascos' pupils. He's in the Raid 2 in Star Wars Episode 7. He's in that, like, uh, gang of dudes that show up to fuck with Han Solo when that funny monster is, like, running all over the ship. Uh, Yayan Ruian is Shinobi number two. He's in Beyond Skyline. So we've talked about him. He's also in the Raid, the Raid 2 in Star Wars Episode 7. Um, and then we've got Roger Wan, uh, Tiger Chen, and uh, <laughs> Boban Marjanovic, who plays Ernest, the guy who he fights in the library. Uh, I'm mentioning this for a particular reason. Do you guys know why? Do you guys know who? Uh, do you guys know who that is? He was he was tall. He's a fucking NBA player. Oh wow! He is an active NBA player. Fair enough, man. That guy could have dunked. I could tell. He can dunk. That's I assure and... you. Dang. 
And spoilers for John Wick 3, John Wick kicked his ass, so NBA ain't everything. Um, so this movie is this movie asks the question, what if this world had more lore? And then it tells you. Um John Wick is determined to be excommunicado from assassin world secret assassin society because he killed a member of the high table on the grounds of the continental hotel in new york which is not allowed so they put out a bounty on him and he has to run away he goes to a russian wrestling and ballet school that is a front for some kind of criminal gang of some description where he cashes in a rosary that he got for being an orphan there as a child to get safe passage to casablanca where he goes and meets up with halle berry and they have some kind of history they um they they just cause a lot of shit really let's just keep it brief um he is trying to get to someone called the elder that lives in the desert to get some kind of meaning back into his life meanwhile the high table has enlisted asia kate dylan to go tell everybody essentially you fucked around and now it's time to find out and they just kind of make everybody have a terrible time. Uh, they punish everybody for helping John Wick. Uh, and then they hire Mark Dacascos, who's like a ninja assassin, to kill John Wick and... Um, John Wick comes back to the Continental Hotel that no that they're not giving up despite the fact the high table said so, and then they just get a bunch of guns and they fight everybody. <laughs> Is that about that, right? That's yeah, accurate. That's awesome. <laughs> this movie really relies on your awareness of what has already happened. Uh, yeah, this so is a this Mitch. is a terrible movie yeah. to just. This is a terrible movie to watch unprompted. And I did it twice. I still haven't gotten <laughs> to the second. Fair enough. I mean, but they they do call it Chapter Three, which I I appreciate. When whenever a movie does that, it does make me think that I it's even more necessary. I see the first one like it Chapter Two. I I kind of like that framing. That was great, Corey. That that kind of felt like a like a a sixth grade teacher was like, "Yo, you have to go present on <laughs> that was something a book you report. did this week," and you were like, "Oh, oh, I watched John Wick Chapter Three. So uh, there's this there's this fucking guy, right? And he's like, he's and then she says, don't curse." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that was good. That was really good. Yeah, if you know, you know. So, um, Mitch, do you have any questions for Corey? <laughs> because well, I'm not going to know. I don't gosh. remember the second one. The questions are for you. Oh, okay. No, no notes, no questions. I'm uh, it's just uh, 
cool. no notes. That's what they. That's what they said when um, Derek, Shay, Chris, and Mark dropped the screenplay off. They just said no notes. I don't know if that's true because there was four of them. There are probably a lot of notes, and they probably nope. dropped them off at different times, and then they all gave each other notes. There's probably a lot of notes. Uh, well, what are your notes on this movie? Listen, I think that's kind of a one-note sort of question. What? I'm glad Liam took note of it. Anyway, so... <laughs> train. You, need to, you need to use note in every <laughs> sentence throughout the whole podcast now, Mitch. Yeah, there's a lot of notable things about this movie. <laughs> okay, do it again. Well, it, it denotes a certain kind of sophistication, you know. <laughs> It, Say it again. <laughs> Run it back. Well, um, there's well, a connotation what? that um, John Wick is just some kind of basic action film, but notably, it's 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 much more than that. Okay, you're losing steam. Yeah, I'm losing steam. Okay, I can't I can't do this forever. Not a marathon runner. You did good. It was a nice. It was a good sprint. Yeah, so my thoughts on the movie. Um, I think this movie kind of rules. Um, Only kind of. No, nah, like I, it like Liam was talking about like what his kind of action movie is, and I'm completely with him in that regard. I like it when it's heavily reliant on stunt work and very stylized. And it's obvious when you name the cast and crew that you have like some of the best people in the business, like some of the best cinematographers and and uh, like stunt work people made by. A former stuntman it's a movie for people who like movies and who like action movies and the john this movie is great because it's really just like one big chase and like there's that scene um where you uh, you see a big billboard and you see buster keaton's face on it and then the final gag where john wick sort of uh plummets is also like an homage to one of uh buster keaton's movies you see a um, big billboard and there's a train coming through it no, right it's, now it's the rooftop fall but so like he no, was I the know. master was, yeah <laughs> he was the master of chase movies and this movie like i think like is a masterful chase movie um like and i think i like that it like respects like the great master of the chase um but there's just i think there's just so much wonderful action in this and i feel like i'm just gonna get like bogged down talking in bits um but yeah it's a it's a yes for me for sure what about you who's you whoever wants to answer liam I don't want to answer. Okay. Guess I'll just uh, play solitaire. <laughs> all right. Corey's not picking up these pieces. I'll answer. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm with Mitch. I think this movie totally rules. Um, I... I mean, the stunt work, it, it goes without saying. I think we'll say it a lot in this episode anyway, but, like, I, I can't knock the stunt work at all. So much of it is right in camera with these really long takes, and it, like I said, I love WWE, and the the reason I love WWE, and my partner Brianna questions me about it a lot because I, I'm not a sports guy, I'm not a, a fighting guy, like, I don't like boxing or UFC, 
But what I love about WWE is the way that it is a combination of so many art forms and it requires all the players to be working together to make something magical happen where you think uh, there's a magic trick. You think someone's getting hurt, but they're not getting hurt. And that requires acting. It requires athleticism. It requires uh, the commentators, you know, delivering their lines, uh, the camera work and all that stuff is happening in this movie. And I love it. Like the, the, the way that the camera operators must be moving in order to capture this right in the center of the frame or wherever they want it to be. And uh, Keanu Reeves's facial expressions as he's doing these physical stunts and the fact that like it's not a whole lot of trickery that I can see. Like when a motorcycle rider drives into the back of a car and flips over the handlebars, like that's what I'm seeing happen. And so this movie just blows me away in that if I had never seen a movie before, I would be like, this is a snuff movie. Like forget people saying that about cannibal Holocaust and stuff like this. It looks like people are dying. And I'm like, how is this happening? And it just happens over and over. So the action in this movie amazes me. It's it's like realistic, but it's also like a bit sort of like theatrical at the same time. Like it's a bit over the top, but yeah. Yes. And and that's that's the other thing I love about this movie and this franchise. I love the campiness of the lore. Mm-hmm. Um and I just love that the way the way they've movie by movie they've constructed this world that isn't quite reality it operates under what seems like the 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 physical confines of reality like i said this isn't a movie with a whole lot of like uh cgi uh monsters or technology that doesn't really exist so it's realistic in that sense but also it is so campy in uh, the way they keep peeling back the layers of the way that uh, these like crime syndicates are working and the rules that they have and the control they have over the world. And I think it is just so ridiculous and fun. And I think these movies walk a really cool line where they're playing it pretty straight faced, particularly in a lot of the dialogue. It's very serious. Um, but then the theatricality of the action at times, um, and there's uh, some particular, even just like staging moments here where like John Wick or some people from the opposing, uh, gang are like disappearing sort of like the way that a horror movie character does when a car drives in front of them, you know, like Michael Myers is standing across the street, a car drives in front of them, then Michael Myers is gone. There's some of that stuff in this movie, um, where crowds are just like making people disappear and it's just like brings a smile to my face it's it's so ridiculous and uh and and cool it's they're just really cool action movies and i like living in this world and i like learning more about the world that's why i was so excited when chapter two ended because it revealed oh this is uh, far more wide reaching than I thought it was way more people are in on the crime life than I thought. And this movie just does more of that. And so I like the story as well. So uh, it kind of works on, on all fronts for me. This is definitely one of my favorite action franchises. And uh, to sum up before I go to Corey, I'll say after having just seen this once, I don't think that the, there are as many, 
really notable set pieces as there are in the second one where uh, I'll be easily I'll easily be able to say oh John Wick chapter 3 is the one where this happens um there are a few of those in the second that I can just they come right to my memory like there's a house of mirrors there's like a subtle gunfight in a bus station that's really cool um I mean this one this... does have the set piece where they rip off the villainous though <laughs> is that the horse stuff no, it's the motorcycle sword stuff. Oh yeah, that was. Very also, I'm cool. using the word ripoff unfairly, but um, right, they also do that. Yeah, um, and there, there's really cool stuff in this movie, and and none of it is boring, and I, so I I enjoyed all the action, mm. but I think just in terms of like high concept, um, it didn't immediately hit me the way the second one does. But then as I'm thinking about it, like there are so many really cool. Uh, unique stuff here like like the horse stuff um the motorcycle stuff is very cool there's some cool stuff with glass cabinets at the end um amazing dog stuff holy shit holy yeah we gotta uh, get into the that. dog stuff blew me away so yeah um my first impressions are that i totally love it it didn't hit all the way the way john wick chapter two did for me immediately but i would love to rewatch this movie and the whole franchise and i could easily see my opinion of it growing and my memory of it solidifying, you know, um, and I'll, and as I'm easily able to associate the set pieces in this movie with this movie, I could see this at some point becoming my favorite of the franchise. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not an immediate um, criticism. It's just a first impression thing. Corey. Uh, yeah. I mean, the movie's good. Um, I don't know if I'm going to really have any insights that haven't kind of already been brought up, but, um, uh, no, it's, it's stylish. The action's great. The action is very legible, which always, you know, makes a difference. I talk about legibility a lot when we talk about action, because like, if I can't tell what these performers are doing, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, I don't want it to be buried in 800 cuts. Like I just want to watch people do it. And that's, a very easy thing to do. I find the way that these movies gradually deepen this like borderline alternate reality at this point of this like assassin secret society that just exists um, and is interwoven so thoroughly. Um, like it's, it's, and also in terms of actually uh, the comment about how serious they play it. I think they're actually starting to play it less and less serious. Cause like, if you don't think it's fucking hilarious that he has a different MacGuffin for everywhere he's trying to go, because that's how convoluted assassin life is like, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And also they're having a knife fight where people get, keep getting hit with the handles of knives because you're not going to necessarily hit him with the blade every time. That's like Scream that's, three shout out throwing, yeah, yeah, like throwing knives is very hard. <laughs> Like, that's just funny. Like, the the overwhelming number of MacGuffins is funny. The way he falls off the building at the end is funny. The fact that he's got oh. fanboys is funny. Like, um, yeah, in terms of like, like people he's fighting who are fans, yeah, who are yeah, just like, wow, awesome. it's John Wick, what a thrill. And also, just that, like, I don't know, it does feel like an escalation. It also is just interesting, um, because these these movies are taking like the cliche of just what i thought i was out they pulled me back in to the (laughs) most outrageous like logical extreme that you possibly could 
but I, I think they're having like a genuinely compelling, like interesting time as they do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also, again, just kind of unabashedly funny to do it that way. Um, I mean, there's plenty of stuff in this movie that's not funny as well. Uh, but, you know, I like those elements. And also this movie is just like oozing style. Um, like it's it's really got like it's sort of like wet shimmering color palette nighttime neon I'm light with you. looking kind of thing down also final thing if you don't think it's funny for somebody to get kicked into crystal skulls like eight times in a <laughs> row like guys having the worst week ever dude yeah it's straight up been like 10 days <laughs> like yeah since the first movie I don't know um, about they, that. They say they they say something about it having only been a couple weeks. That's wow. crazy. Yeah, that's I never really thought of that. That's awesome. But that's that kind of like speaks to what I was talking about earlier, where I was talking about how it is like the ultimate chase movie, like in in like a classical kind of sense, where it's just like episode after episode, and like he's just always going. And I, I love movies like that, and I especially love it here when it's like so beautifully blended with pulp like sensibility yeah and this movie opens for what it's worth like with almost half an hour of just finding a cool place to have a fight and a fight happens like, yeah it's like oh like i guess i'm on a fucking horse now and it's like i'm gonna take the pistol apart in this like room full of like black powder firearms yeah and i'm going to reassemble it the exact same way clint eastwood did in the good the bad and the ugly just to shoot the guy in the door and then like yeah, run like, away like i think two things one it's important that the movie is willing to acknowledge that it's okay to have a cool set for a fight just because it's cool like as mitch was describing the mirror chandelier skein glass telescope vintage firearm emporium um, <laughs> also I, I think that it's cool that the movie is also willing to have the slapstick knife emporium which is objectively hilarious <laughs> A lot of um, emporiums in this movie. And they're all yeah. like full of like leather quilted couches and <laughs> decanters. Tufted, tufted headboards. Yeah, they look like they stole like their their like their rooms from Kingsman or something. I don't know. <laughs> um also just everybody all the characters in this world having a baseline fundamental understanding of what all of these secret assassin crime society things mean Mm -hmm. is really interesting to me like because there are so many nuances and trinkets and mcguffins and nothing's explained tokens and everybody just gets it and you're you just accept each layer as like yep this was always here and i actually think it almost gives more weight to the first movie as they go just by virtue of like man he really had to get out of quite a bit here and he's back I think it also works in a different direction as well in the sense that the movie is so rapid fire and it's hitting you with all this lore that you don't really have time to think about it. So it creates this broad impression of like vastness and um, uh, it's very evocative. It's kind of it's I think Eastern Promises does like a a similar sort of thing. And this movie reminds me a lot of that movie, um, especially like a lot of the knife fighting scenes. Um, I also just sort of generally like the um, visual parallel consistency between the fact that this uh, Russian wrestling ballet orphanage um, 
is I feel like it's making like a conscious comparison between like the the beauty of dancing and like the beauty of violence and i'm like that's a fun idea it knows what it's doing and it kind of has it that knows that, what it's doing it has that it kind of reaches for like that classical kind of um sensibility in a lot of its set pieces like um like with like the staging or whatever it has like this kind of like baroque style and and the, the choice to to i don't know like have your set your violent set piece like to a ballet or to like Vivaldi like or in like a weird sort of like wood paneled room there's there is like this sort of um I don't want to say like a, like a stuffiness to it but I'm not sure what I would call it um but yeah a, a buttoned up quality it has a buttoned up quality that's for sure it's yeah it'll just like the suit see when you think about it John Wick gets stabbed the fuck to death for a while, uh, but lives. And then you know that it's fucking go time because when he comes back to New York City, his shirt's black instead of white now. That's symbolism, baby. Yeah, I've never been crazy with the black, like the black suit, black shirt, black tie look. I don't know. I think we should let it go. It's a murder look. It's a murderer's look. Yeah, I mean, if you're a hitman or if you're John Wick, it's great. But if you're just like anybody else. To know from also, me. <laughs> it's objectively funny that he shoots the doctor before the doctor is able to explain where he wants to be shot. I think he explained it just enough. He had to just get the, the two words out, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. with like a massive derringer. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, he's an expert, man. John Wick. He just. Yeah. I, I love that where these movies start. They, Jonathan. They, they start with him like already retired. We know he's an expert. And then we just learn throughout the movies how much of an expert he is. And um, there's even some really cool moments in this in this movie where it looks like he's down and out. Like it looks like he, he would have been killed. And, and that actually kind of bummed me out. Like there was one moment where he's just sort of fighting like one of the run of the mill goons um and in the middle of uh, a big group fight john turns to the goon and the goon turns to him and they both fire their guns but they're out of ammo and i thought oh man if not just for the luck of being out of ammo that goon would have just killed the the expert henchman hitman john but also john wick's part of john wick's skill is his luck oh yeah i I thought of that it's not he's not just lucky, but I think part of his ability is that things break his way as well. Right. Um but in in the case of this gun thing, I looked back at it and I played the scene back a couple times and John Wick for sure fires first. It's not like they shoot at the same time and and uh and he just got lucky. It's like if John Wick hadn't have been out of ammo he would have killed the dude, and then he also got lucky that that dude was out of ammo. So I think you're right. There's there's an interesting thing going on where like he's the best of the best, but also he gets lucky. Another moment is when Zero is closing in on him, about to kill him, and John Wick puts his hand on the Continental Steps, and so he's protected in that way, but Zero is going to go in and do it anyway. But then the concierge yells out and says, hey, you know, you can't do that here. And so john wick had the skill to know that the continental was there the resources you know kind of like in wwe when someone goes for the rope break um because they've got he's that's a vintage move he's got his wits about him that's a veteran maneuver but then sometimes the heel 
the bad guy, they're going to go for it anyway, even if they're on the ropes. And so then it took the luck of the concierge to be there and call zero off. So moments like that are very interesting. And I just, I love the depth of, of the character in the world. Whoever was the armorer in this movie did a magnificent job. Like what a wide array of just like instruments of death. Like the John Wick has like that he uses throughout this movie. Um, like he's using like black powder. He's using like, I don't know, like a hundred different guns. Like whoever was the armorer for this movie did an amazing job because like it, it like looks and feels so real, but also like so stylish. I don't know. Everyone's armed to the teeth. And I think like it really shows like everyone's, everyone's weaponry is, is immaculate. And uh, yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I love those few scenes where they're just in a room full of weapons, uh, knives on the walls yeah. and guns on the walls, and they've just got to grab them. Like, one, it just looks cool as they're fighting. It's that idea of, like, oh, they could grab any one of these at any point. And it makes me think, like, oh, if this was a video game, you know, you could you could pick which one you wanted. And so as I'm watching it, I'm, like, wondering what one they're going to pick yeah. and if they're going to pick the one that I think that looks cool. Um so yeah, it it is just it it's a world that feels very interactive and it is to these characters. Like they use a whole mm. lot of it. If if you um if you notice like a bit of furniture in a room or something, uh chances are someone's going to get thrown into that furniture or mm. like a glass cabinet. They're getting thrown through every single glass cabinet. The glass floor, that's not safe either. And so um it's just it's really fun that it's all malleable. You've got these really dynamic like fight scenes with with all these kinds of weapons, like the, with guys like, getting kicked with horses, guys getting kicked with horses, and oh, people with like that. like swords and and like spears going up against like I don't know like sporting shotguns. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it, it creates like really sort of dynamic fight scenes in those rooms where everyone's just like running for something, and it's kind of kind of has that same sort of a feeling that like battle royale did where it's like well this person gets stuck with this well this person gets that <laughs> or yeah i guess i'll use this meter stick <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i will say the one i i feel like the casablanca interlude kind of bogs the movie down a bit i i agree i think i i, I didn't uh, like it very much the whole sequence no it is that it, one it like they like, go to the desert uh well it's I mean, it depends. I mean, like 40 minutes out of the movie. Technically, yes. It's like from when he goes to see Halle Berry to like, I guess when he goes to see the guy in the tent. Um, I like the fight. Sorry. Cuts off his fingy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, like the stuff that they're doing with Barata, the coin guy. Um, I don't know. I just. <laughs> I would. I, they could have found a more expedient way to get to the elder, and I just didn't really care for like the bargaining that they had to go through for that. Also, wasn't really in the headspace for a prolonged dogfight scene that starts with a dog getting shot. I'm willing to concede that. Um, but even with that aside, I just feel like it, it goes on a little long. There's some cool shots in there. I really like when Halle Berry is um hiding for cover but the camera's like focus on her so as she pokes out from behind it to shoot people like the camera 
shows you what the consequences of her actions are. Uh, it's funny that I should use that word because it comes up a lot in the movie. Um, with it, what, but she doesn't see it. She peeks out, does something, and goes back, and then the camera shows you what's happening as a result of that, which I think is interesting. That is really cool. Yeah, I um, I really liked. I think basically all that stuff when they were in Casablanca, like I loved the wide sweeping shots of the, of the dunes and uh, John Wick, like limping through them and making his little trail in the sand um, and then having to get carried by horseback. I just thought those were beautiful shots and the sort of shots that like made me think it's, it's really cool that the director of uh of these movies who, who we've learned, who we've learned was like a stunt double prior to this. And the only movies he's directed are the John wick movies. And so I just love this idea that like, this is that guy's franchise. And so he's going to take every opportunity within these movies that he can get to pay homage to filmmaking styles or like movies that he loves. And so I thought that when they go to Casablanca, there's like a lot of um, stuff in there that, that made the movie like, feel unique and there's a lot and, of looking at you kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and i thought the animal training in this movie like must have been amazing as well like the horse yeah. stuff i don't know how the heck they did that and then the fact that not only is it riding horses which is just incredible um but that he's using the horses to kick people i've never seen anything like that in a movie that every time that horse just kicked someone i thought i was like hollering it was so amazing especially because one of my greatest fears is getting kicked by a horse i own a horse with my partner brianna we have a horse and so i i hang out with horses a lot and still we bought I'm, a zoo i am so careful behind that horse dude because you just they're so powerful and you never know yeah um, i gotta level with you horses kind of freak me out dude yeah they could they can crush like, you in one second like, i don't want like i don't want to be in the same place as a horse but i'm content to watch other people who are able to have a good time with a horse do that but i don't want to be there for that you know yeah horses are kind of scary especially those like really big work horses you ever oh, seen those? Cl- clydesdales yeah with those big f- furry mitts yeah those budweiser horses yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, those are those are wild so it was cool to see that in this movie and uh the dog stuff i'm really sorry you had a hard time with that Corey. But, oh um, i mean like it, it bad timing i get it's yeah. all it is but for me um I, I was just like marveling at the the beauty of these dogs and like how they must have been trained like dude they're <laughs> exceptionally well trained when, when Halle Berry is over and it jumps up her back and like up a oh, wall that should fucking when, crazy. The, dude, Corey, when the oh what massive Airbud seventh inning fetch vibes from that one? <laughs> Honestly, you're right. Was, because, dude, do you remember when we did Airbud? How stoked I was that like they had this dog doing all these stunts, and and there is one moment where like the dog like runs up a porch, and it might even go on the roof of the house. I don't remember exactly, but I know it's like the ho- the 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 dog runs up basically a vertical surface, and I was just amazed in, in Airbud, and so to see that happen in this movie. I was just so stoked. These dogs are just incredible. It was Man, really cool. The the one effect when the dog like just like bites the stomach of that fat dude. Like, he must be wearing like a prosthetic like stomach or something. But like the dog is like literally like shredding this guy's like stomach, and you just see sort of like the like the fat 
like moving as like the and like wriggling as like the dog is like ripping it it's such a fucked um effect dog like those dogs are scary mm-hmm. um man yeah and i and i really like the moments yeah. like that in this movie where you get some realistic gore and yeah. you're just like holy shit i thought this was like because I don't always associate action movies with gore, even though a lot of times you're seeing people die. It's that like one they kind of kill is really that, and that's too. exactly what I'm thinking of. Like, and that he's so what happens is John Wick has a goon and he twists the guy's arm around so that the goon's knife is pointing towards his eye, and John Wick is slowly pushing the knife. John Wick loves doing the the pushing the item move. He's he sure pushing loves the knife. John Wick <laughs> loves the knife move. He loves the knife push. He likes the book push too, but I think he's more into the also, knife push. Okay, you said really quick. I was to say the book kill is a basically a horror movie kill. That kill is fucking sick. Yeah, it's ba- yeah. that is that is slasher movie shit. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up. I almost forgot about it. But that that yeah, that is an incredible. How'd you forget fight that happened to the world's tallest man? <sighs> but there's just like so much else that happens after that. And and that was when I noticed that like this movie wasn't using um, an abundance of music in the in the mm. fight scenes. It was just letting the fights breathe. I don't remember if they did that in the other movies. I'm guessing they did. Um, but but I was I was just so floored by that. And so you're just watching the fight happen without any music to to tell you how to feel. And um, I think that's just a really cool filmic technique. And yeah, I love the imagery and just the novelty uh, and the symbolism of john wick just beating this dude with the book that holds like all of his precious items he's just literally killing him with this book incredible and yes this eye thing john wick is pushing the knife toward the guy's eye and the camera is just staying there and i'm like are we actually gonna see that go into his eyes this gonna cut away is is the goon gonna manage to slither out of there but no dude the camera stays and you see the knife enter his eye and it's not if the camera had like cut to a zoom in and shown the the effect even more gruesomely like that would have been maybe what like a a horror movie might do just to get extra gross but also to set up the effect with that cut but this movie doesn't have a cut and so i was like floored how it happened that's another instance where i'm just like did I literally just watch this dude, this actor die? Like, how did they do that? It's just incredible. The death toll on this movie was crazy. Does anybody know what it is offhand? I'm going to Google it. I mean, no, nobody making the movie died. I was making a joke. No, but I mean, in the sense of like, <laughs> I, I, I know that's not what you meant. <laughs> Yo. No, Mitch, like the body count in the movie fictionally. Could. Yeah, I mean, if we were talking about some of the old silent movies I like, then we wouldn't be yeah, joking. Do, 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 do we actually know how many people unfortunately lost their lives in making this movie? <laughs> it had to be at least upwards of 10, but worth Man. it. I mean, the movie was sick. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just get attacked by an assassin, Corey? Sorry, I thought I saw a train coming. <laughs> I literally, I'm about to disconnect it was, from this it was call. Just, it was just a movie on my screen. Though. You know what? It looked so real. <laughs> I, I guess I've got to look up what the body count of John Wick 3 is. So 94 for the, kills. For the record, what happened is I knocked my mic over. Mm. Why would but you it's do weird. that to Mike? <laughs> <Dang it. laughs>
<laughs> Mike has been there for every episode. Mike Wazowski. Yeah, 94 kills here. Oh, also, that first of all, that's crazy. Second of all, something that I feel like that has gone somewhat unremarked upon is how Asia Kate Dillon's entire job is they walk into a scene, they tell somebody they're fucked, and they leave. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, that w- that's one of those things where um, it kind of makes sense to me that this movie has four writers um, because <laughs> they've now established this like you said, Corey, like an alternate reality world. And so I say, why not have these four dudes, like either maybe they were in a room together or maybe they're just like sent away on their own. And uh, they've just got to brainstorm what kind of characters and rules could exist in this world. And um, and then they just pepper them throughout the story. And, and even with four writers and with this deep lore, I don't think the movie gets too confusing like it's not too laborious it doesn't drag on i'm going through the saw franchise right now watching them all for the first time i noticed that yeah oh this is the first time scopes it is yeah i assumed you were doing like a franchise revis it seemed like something you had kind of done before no yeah this this is a franchise i never i never got to um and the the timeline and the the lore going on in these movies gets so dense. I just finished number five and it is like frustratingly dense. Um, and, uh, you know, I could uh, rewatch them described it, that it, way. <laughs> rewatching them. Uh, it, it'll, I'm sure it'll, it'll be very cool, but it's like, I would need like a, a bulletin board with yarn tied to it. I would need to look like that dude from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like trying to figure out what's going on in these saw movies. And it's kind of, to me, detracting from the story of each film. Um, where like a lot of it feels like, bonus content where it's just like deepening this lore whereas i think john wick strikes the balance that i prefer where the lore is like more on the periphery and it's hinted at um in in a bunch of different scenes and but they're still like putting their focus on the the action and the consequences of living in a system like the one that's created here but then all throughout the movie you get these little moments of oh this is this is what's happening in this world there's this character who just walks around and uh tells people what's up and then and then leaves that's cool so i do i do quite like what they did there um one thing that we haven't really remarked upon is like what the movie is sort of focused on the movie talks about um actions and consequences quite a bit um and i think that that's a really effective lens to use to introduce like such a dramatic for want of a better phrase deepening of the lore because it helps present like a knock-on effect as something that has already happened and is happening again like john wick was in and he was out and now he's in and now he's out and the way that that radiates through like the rest of the world and also puts other people in um if not compromising positions just difficult ones where then you know like winston's decision to not murder john wick for murdering in his hotel means that he's put in 
the place by the adjudicator who then has to give up the hotel and he doesn't and they gets locked like blah 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 like but every character even down to the most minute are in some kind of position like that and i just think that's like it's fun to do that in a very like blatant forward kind of way where it's just like this movie is about consequences <laughs> here they are <laughs> like yeah, I I totally agree with you. I honestly never really thought of that at all. I never um, thought of it in those terms either. I was just more I was more just thinking about it as conceptually as a chase, but it's true. It's really just like it's just about like this is what happens. This is what happens when you threaten to kill a man's dog. You know? That's pretty much like what this whole movie is about. This and is I'm what down. happens when your your name is Jardani Jovanovich and you live in the Russian wrestling ballet orphanage and you leave and you come back with your rosary that's a secret ticket passage to anywhere in the world. This is what happens. <laughs> what if that's how the franchise Then an old lady started. ends up losing her hands. A writer was like, what if there was a Jordana Jordanovich and they had a rosary ticket how do we that get name there? really that really that name really jardani jovanovich really does make him sound like some kind of tennis superstar <laughs> oh man i want to see a tennis set piece in the next but one. probably like an extremely temperamental one that like shows up light and like gives the kids who, like, <laughs> retrieve the balls from the court like a hard time get it tennis sounds nice 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 there's also there's a good amount of tennis sounds in this movie, despite no tennis. Like Brianna was watching this movie over my shoulder. And she said, in, what in is this, scenes. Wimbledon? But no, I had my headphones on and I was like, do you want me to unplug it so you can hear it? And she was like, no, I'm OK. Um, so she's just watching the action. And I was like, I wonder if I were to turn on subtitles, if it would have these all mapped out, because it's just a whole lot of. Hup, uh, uh, uh. Um, when you do that, you just type like grunting. <laughs> Right, yeah, I don't know, and I didn't turn on subtitles to see. <laughs> Some of the subtitles are pretty funny. Like when you when it was the Casablanca sequence, it was just like Middle Eastern music. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I, I guess that's not incorrect or anything, but yeah, I don't know. But it also did like classical music, or you know. It, oh, also, yeah. um. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is the coolest motherfucker alive. He sure is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes cool. you just gotta cut a motherfucker. I'm I'm excited that we're gonna get more of him and uh, more of of the J Man in the next oh, one. It seems another thing I like. Um, I like when Mark Dacascos and the boys go to the train station in black shirt. John Wick is there because he's like returned like some kind of shadow revenant from the elder. And he's going to go on like some kind of demonic murder spree to save his friends <laughs> that he's treated like some kind of fucking supernatural force that can just disappear at a moment's notice and is smarter and stronger than everybody. Like I like the idea of like because everybody treats John Wick like some kind of fucking assassin icon. But I do like thinking of John Wick as if he's more like the wind or something like yeah. it's something that happens to you he's a, he's a force it's of not, nature it's not something you have control over yeah like, like that that sequence that's kind of like reminiscent of blowout where, where he's being followed through the train station and then um he he talks to zero in the crowd then the school of kids passes then taller people pass and then yeah that's wow. what i mean yeah but also zero saying i wouldn't have stopped is like also pretty fucking badass yeah <laughs> like it's like those yeah. are kids, bro. It's fucked up. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that was great. I loved that line. Um, I loved that sequence that, that that's some of the campiness that I was talking about where it's, I think the movie is making it clear that it's just, uh, um, it, it knows that a lot of this is ridiculous, but also it's playing it straight faced and, and also taking homage from other movies that do similar things. I also really like uh, the, the scenes where John is fighting with some henchmen and then he, he gets like called away, um, gets told to stop and go talk with someone else. And so he just like gives the the knife back to the goon that was trying to kill him when Zero takes him away. Um, uh, and I just love that idea of like John Wick will fight for his life, but he's not he's not a vindictive dude. I mean, he's coming after the people who killed his dog. We know that. But like but he knows that these guys are like just doing their job trying to kill him. And then uh, when he gets pulled away, he's like, all right, I don't just have to kill these guys because I'm I'm evil. He's he's trying to be a good guy, but he also uh, seems to like know in his heart that he's he's done a lot of bad things, and so he just wants to try to live a normal life now. Um, I really like that. It's cool that the administration of this hotel is run by like just like just a bunch of like the coolest looking tattooed people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the tattoos are stunning. I wonder how many of them are authentic and how many of them are just like makeup work. And if they are I feel makeup like it w- work, like props to the. I feel like it wouldn't it be more effort to have it be makeup work and not just like put out an extras casting call for people with tattoos. You would think, but like stunt work like that is probably really difficult to come across. Right? No, but well, they're not all doing stunts. These are just people like handing files around. True. Yeah, but there True. are also scenes where like the 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 these characters have lines um and like there's 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 a dude who had like two lip piercings and a lot of tattoos Mm -hmm. and he has a line and he's he's like an established actor who doesn't have tattoos i know that for sure so well fair enough you fucking got me yeah you fucking got me you son of a bitch yeah so but it's just such a cool choice like we're gonna make all these people have tattoos it's just another cool uh little wrinkle to the world and i I just I I love that sort of thing. Very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. And it knows exactly what it is. Good movie. Yeah. Did you guys have a favorite scene, set piece, sequence? Um I really liked that library fight scene now that Corey mentioned it. Um like with the book, that was fucking sick. Like the first one. Um yeah, I I think I really like um when he's fighting uh the two guys and he just gets kicked into the crystal skulls 800 times. Yeah, that's really good. Cuz they're also fanboys, which I think is fun. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really really cool. And I, I love like the, the bit with the horse too. Anyway, uh, oh, what did you yeah. like best? Oh, I I think my favorite and it's honestly tough to say it's like picking a favorite song from an album you love because it's just like i could say this one but then i think of how good this other one was um the dogs stuff has got to be up there just because like there there were just moments Mm -hmm. where i was like how are they getting these dogs to do this and have it look so vicious like these dudes eat it was two guys in a dog suit (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're obviously wearing like a, some sort of a prosthetic, like similar to like what you have with like dog training. The dogs? Like the dog suits, like for if you're training like police dogs or something, right? Or, or you have like right. the arm. Are you telling me that you think the dogs are wearing prosthetics? Because I was telling a joke. No, I'm talking about the people. Like the oh. people that the, the dogs are mauling. <laughs> like they're, they're wearing like gelatin or something. They've got to be. Well, yeah. Yeah. Again, it looks really good. To make this movie. Well, what's the death toll? Yeah, it's true. We might learn twenty years from now. They're they're fucking they're burying it, man. But it's gonna come out that a lot of people died making these movies. Um, I think my favorite. Can we say that and like not get sued? Like, oh yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't know. Let's figure it out. A lot of people died during the making of John Wick Chapter Three. Parabola. And we'll see what happens. I th- I think my favorite was um was the dog one. Uh and then oh gosh. The library fight was so sick. Um uh gosh. The horse I, stuff. I, I found what the dog you? sequence. I don't, I don't know. And I loved the crystal stuff too that Corey loved. Yeah. I love the the house of mirrors too. Like that sort of fight scene in the end. Um Yeah. Run me the lady from Shanghai. Yes, and that was really cool because in the second one, there's like a, a house of, like a straight up house of mirrors, like a carnival type thing. I gotta watch and, the second um, one, man. Yeah, you, you would love it, Mitch. Um, and by this point in this like a little over two hour movie, near the end, I was thinking, I was thinking about that house of mirrors and I was like, this movie, I'm really loving it, but I think it's gotta have another sequence that I'm like the house of mirrors where I'm just able to identify it with this movie and it's just unique and sick and then i think this movie did a cool twist on the house of mirrors where it's like a bunch of glass walls and glass cabinets that aren't as reflective as the ones in number two but it's they're still like tricking you where people can walk behind them and you you can't quite tell where they're going and you're shooting someone but you're actually shooting this glass wall and then you just get to the point where they're breaking through all this, all this glass, including the floor, like a hell in a cell, just crashing through after a suplex. Like it was just, it was great stuff. And then there was also a moment in that final fight with Zero where like John Wick goes missing and Zero's just like looking around. And then John Wick emerges from the shadows like fucking Michael Myers in the first Halloween movie. It was so cool. And then I like after all of it when Zero was just like, that was a pretty good fight, huh? And John Wick is like, yeah. And John Wick is a nice enough guy to humor him and say, yeah, man, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it's not over for John Wick. He gets fucking shot off that building by the bo- our boy Winston, and which well, again is just an amazing stunt. It's a shoot as and well. It's a Buster Keaton <laughs> homage. Yeah, I, I I really like uh, the inspiration these movies must Buster take Keaton, from, like fam- Buster Keaton and Charlie famously uh, shot by Ian McShane. Uh, it's it's from uh, <laughs> it's from uh, when when Buster Keaton did that to Ian McShane. Um, you know, wow, it put him <sighs> in some Ian McPain. No, the, the the sequence I'm referencing is from Three Ages. Um, yeah four five and eight 1923 it's a 99 year old film look at me go right on schedule is that a sequel can we do it on the podcast was there no. a one in two ages no 
It's just about like three ages. It's, it's a sequel like a, to First Man. That Jack Black movie with Michael Sarah. <laughs> You're making that up. Am I? I? I don't think I got the name of the movie right. Yeah, First no, man dude, is that that's, that's Ryan year Ryan. one. First yeah. man is, is Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ryan Gosling space movie, which I should know because I had I had the poster of it up on my wall for like months. Oh no! You sure you didn't have just have the poster for year <laughs> one by accident? Like, I love this movie where Michael Sarah goes to space. <laughs> of this movie, where <laughs> yeah, there was also an animated movie recently with a similar name it was called like the animatrix fucking guy or something it was about like a caveman first i don't know no wonder you're Corey. (laughs) no not quite but oh oh, you're thinking you're thinking of year one oh that's right (laughs) didn't we do that already (laughs) oh mitch Uh, knows that okay yeah that was a joke oh i got you you're a joke Okay, I think it's time I give you my plugs. You're done? You don't want, you don't even want to know what we're watching next week? No, I wanna know. I'll stick around. Then, oh, then so are we are we done? I'm out <laughs> I'm honestly John Wicked out. I don't know what else to say, right? Other than just like Banger. Banger, yeah, you gotta watch it. It has to be seen to be believed. Liam, is that does that is that is that sufficient? Uh, yeah, I lo- I love the movie. I'm excited for the fourth one. Um I'm excited I would be excited to one. see the fourth one with all of you guys. If you guys want to theater it, get back to it. Yeah, there is going to be a fifth one, by the way, as well. I'm excited for that one too, dude. I think that this this franchise like shows no signs of slowing down, and I I, I think that's amazing. They've, they've got all the right cooks in the kitchen, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so next week, um, guess what I'm doing? What? We're not quite done with the guests yet, fellas. When this first got mentioned, I almost watched it before even waiting for the episode to happen. So I've decided that I would just sort of speed up the process and get her back on the show as fast as possible. So uh, Jade's coming back, and we are going to watch Metropolis from 2001. Which is, I believe, related to Metropolis, the movie, obviously. Anyway, I want to watch it, so we're going to watch it. And Jade's going to come on because it was her pick. Great. Sweet. Plugs? I am the Bowery King! Okay. Um, that was very close to the drum fill from in the air tonight. <laughs> you got to try to slip that into the edit, Corey. The music that <laughs> Over would be top. amazing. Oh yeah, that's not even that hard. <laughs> uh, Liam, what about you? What you got? Well, I got my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on uh, Twitter and Letterbox. The username is Graham the Mallow. I'm watching all the Saw movies. If you want to see what I rate them, I haven't if been you want to see what I saw, lazy, but you can see what I saw and what I thought of it numerically. If you, want to, if you want to ask me to uh, extrapolate, you can. Can you message people on Letterboxd? You, you can know, comment I'm, on reviews. Right. But if I don't have a review, they can't comment. So message me on Twitter 
about a rating you email saw on Letterboxd if you want. <laughs> Just unless email it's, us. Unless it's private. You don't want Corey to, or Mitch to know what you think of my writing. Then Twitter DM me. Um, You can get in touch with Liam in all kinds of ways. I'm very touchable. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that is that is that true? It is. You can reach me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. I now have two different podcasts to plug. Yay. Um you can hear more of me talk about Mortal Kombat like I did today at uh MK Podcast with our friend Neil where we're working through some comic books and doing episode commentaries on that very TV show mkpodquest.com. And I finally have an outlet to talk about Formula One. If you're sick of me bringing it up on this show, you can go to Strat2F1 on Twitter and Anchor and also just Strat2. That's like a short form of the word strategy, S-T-R-A-T. That is with uh, my friend Callum. And we talk about F1. We have some episodes out that look at the 2021 season. We have our 2022 preview episodes coming up soon. We are a touch behind, but that is where that is. Uh, and yeah, so now uh, I have no free time but three podcasts. Woo! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Woo! <laughs> uh, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and a movie that Keanu Reeves starred in. That we didn't mention. That we didn't mention. (laughs) That's crucial. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches, and you will hear from next week. With all that out of the way, better brush up on your Metropolis, because we'll see you here next time for that. Um, They made another one?